Hey, what's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer and Aaron Dotson, and you're listening to, or watching as the case may be, Christianity Now. Christianity Now is the podcast where we talk about contemporary issues facing the Lord's Church or the Lord's Church is facing, and we typically do that. I, I, I look at TikTok and I get a few videos. Well, today we only have one video because I want to make sure to give this topic of conversation enough. Uh, we, I, I want to make sure we have enough time to talk about this. This is something that Aaron and I both have dealt with extensively uh, in the managing of the We Talk Truth group, and then me in managing and being a part of other Facebook pages where Christians um, are a part and they debate doctrine and and stuff like that. And uh, anyway, that's all I'm going to say as far as an introduction. Aaron, what's going on with you? Hey, I'm at the ready, uh, doing well, and trying to be like the sons of Issachar. First Chronicles twelve thirty two, the sons of Iscar had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. So, trying to always have that verse ready, and uh, I'm doing good. Got uh, got the uh, spring season starting down here, so I'm blowing my nose and stuff, but I'm I'm all right. I'm I'm good to go. Man, that will work. Well, you know, we we are supposed to be broadcasting on the Christianity Now Facebook page. We do not have the Christianity Now Facebook page because the Brewer family has been sick. Um, uh, Labeth is laid up right now. I've been laid up for about four days. Um, it's been bad. Like the, I guess it's the flu, you know, high yeah. fever, body aches, oh, stuff yeah. like that. And I'm still not 100%, uh, but we're, we're chugging along. So it's putting, it's, it's made me behind on some of the things that I've been needing to do. I hear you. But but that being said, we should have the sound issues and stuff like that fixed. Yeah. Um yeah. you know. Yeah. So that, yeah, I can't wait good. to see comments saying we can hear you fine. <laughs> yeah. In fact, let me get to the comments. Uh as folks roll in, uh, I would like to let you know uh we would like for you to be the algorithm for us. Uh be sure and share this. Uh interact with it. Um, you know, even even if you make a comment that just says, Hey, good to see y'all. We might not acknowledge it. We might not get to it. It might be something that we overlook accidentally. We, we try not to have that happen. But if you will interact, uh, give us a thumbs up, give us a heart, anything. And then if you share uh, the content, that would, that, would, that would greatly benefit what we're trying to do here. Now, Aaron, uh, I've got a video today from Paul Washer. We've seen him before on the show. I, we have. What do you know about Paul Washer? Seems like he's a Calvinist, but I don't remember for sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, there was something. We had something on the show one time, maybe once or twice that he did. Yeah, we we've used his we've used excerpts from from everything from his stuff. Seems like well, once it was something good that was truth, and, and another time it was something that yeah. wasn't true. You know. Well, you know, I try. We we do need to acknowledge that all truth is God's truth. And you can find truth from just about any source. Of course, I suppose that means that uh, the devil sometimes speaks truth. And uh, just because the devil speaks a little bit of truth, Christians need to be careful and make sure they're not aligning themselves with the the devil. Absolutely. Uh, Just just because he's speaking a little bit of truth. Um. But we we you you hear me talk about this a lot. I remember when I had this 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 epiphany this 
this horns of dilemma upon which I could hang these Calvinists. And it's the idea about assurance. And I've asked, I ask Calvinists all the time, um, can I, as a person who is not regenerated, can I, can I read the Bible and can I do what the Bible says to do? And the answer is yes. And, and I think the reason the answer, I, I don't think they want to say yes because they, uh, that, that, they kind of know where we're going with that. But the answer is always yes. And the reason the answer is yes is because it's, an, it's just it's a priori. You can observe that anybody, even a professed atheist, can read the Scriptures and they can understand what the Scriptures teach. Yep. It has nothing to do with any kind of spiritual change. Right. Well... If I, as a person with an unregenerated heart, read the Bible and do the things that the Bible says to do, how do I know whether or not I have, an, uh, I have a regenerated heart? Because a person with a regenerated heart is going to want to do what the Bible says to do. And so it presents the same. You have one individual who reads the Bible and does what the Bible says to do, attends worship, and lives a, lives a godly life. How does he know he's regenerated? Because they both present the exact same. Yeah. The only conclusion is you can't have any assurance of faith if the Calvinist it teaches the truth. Yeah. And I guess um, I guess we need to kind of lay this foundation about. What it means, what we're talking about here, regenerated heart. Sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that, Aaron, and, and some of the things that you've run across. What what has to happen, according to the Calvinist, for a person to move from the realm of the degenerate, the depraved, to the regenerate? What yeah. what it, what what happens? Yeah, there's there are there are variant forms of it, obviously, but just generally speaking, what what reform you know, Calvinists teach is that uh, because of the effects of Adam's sin, we cannot come to God, that God has to do something in addition to preaching the word for us to be born again. And they think that being regenerated is being born again. And that happens before a person is, you know, saved, really. I mean, they'll, some of them squabble on that back a little bit, but they think that so that you can understand the Bible, so that you can have the desire. They even Many of them go so far as to say you can't even desire to come to God until God works a work on you in addition to the preaching of the Word. I want to make that very clear. From my understanding, yeah. it's not just the Word. They will try to emphasize that the Word of God has to be preached, but they will say, but this is in tandem with the Word. That's one of the uh, most vocal local reformed theologists here in our area. That's what, those are his words. The spirit works in tandem with the preaching of the word. Right. So it's not just the word that's doing it. The spirit does something, which I've always wondered, you know, if the te- if the word of God doesn't tell us that, that he does that, and, and it doesn't, if even if he does do that, we would never know. That's That's no. kind of the thing that I've been, and again, but their whole doctrine depends on that. So, again, there's no assurance. How can they know? Because there's no way of knowing 
And I think going back to what you said, the reason why they don't like this idea of how we can know first John two, three, mm-hmm. you know, by keeping God's commands is because they don't want to teach that you have to te- keep God's commands. Yeah. <laughs> they say, no, you don't have to do God's commands in order to receive justification and forgiveness, et cetera. That's something that God does in tandem with the word being preached and gives you the ability to believe and grants you repentance and those kinds of things. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking at a, a couple of comments from Ben Grady. Ben uh, has studied a lot about Calvinism and, and stuff like that. And I read a rough draft of a, of a treatise uh, several years ago that he wrote on Calvinism. It's very good. I, I think that Calvinism is in flux at the moment because yeah. uh, whenever I first started doing research and, and things uh, talking about Calvinism, I don't think it was as complex. Uh, these these explanations were as complex as they were because the better uh, people get at debunking Calvinism, the more complex the ideals of Calvin, Calvinism have to get in order to uh, retain any kind of validity in the mind of the practitioners. Uh, for instance, Ben says they don't, they usually claim to have some sort of experience and assume they are of the elect. Most I've talked to say you can't understand the scriptures truly unless you are one of the elect. And I don't, I don't, I actually don't hear that taught very much anymore from any Calvinist. Uh, uh, what I, what I hear under, what I, and I think the reason being is because it's a priori. You can, you can, you can witness in real time people who are obviously not regenerated. You know, they have no desire, no will to follow God at all. They can read the words of this book and understand it. Yeah. And I think the Calvinist uh, mindset, the Reformed theologist doctrines uh, have kind of evolved. Uh, to say, well, you know, you can understand, but you don't have a will to follow. And okay, that's that's good. We'll 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 go from that route then. How do I know that I'm of the elect versus just someone that's been duped by my own uh, depravity into thinking that I can pick this book up and do what God says and spend an eternity in heaven? Right. You know, yeah. and, and they have yeah. no what's, answer whatsoever. Right. What's, what's the assurance that, that their doctrine offers, that they claim is Bible doctrine? What is it that offers that assurance? I think that's kind of the main point you're, yes. you're, you're hitting and, at and here. And that's, 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 the, that's the question. What is, what is it that gives me assurance, that lets me know I'm of the elect? Yeah. Well, Paul Washer answers that in this this video segment that we have today and Uh we're going to look at it. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Let's, let's listen to Paul. Yeah. Let's listen to Paul watcher. With sin. Yes. Can a Christian fall into sin? Absolutely. Can a Christian live a continuous in a continuous? Do Christians struggle with sin? Yes. Can a Christian fall into sin? Absolutely. Can a Christian live a continuous, in a continuous state of carnality all the days of his life, not bearing fruit and truly be Christian? Absolutely not. Or every promise in the Old Testament regarding the New Testament covenant has failed, and everything God said about discipline in Hebrews is a lie. All right, notice he, 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 his, his argument here evidently is going to hinge on bearing fruit. 
so can a can a can a person who's a Christian live a life of carnality and sin, never bearing fruit? And the answer is no. He 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 was never a Christian if he did that. That's his answer. That's his answer. Now let's yeah. keep going. A tree is known by its fruit. Every true believer I've ever met spoke much of Christ and had a longing desire to be more holy than they were, more conformed to Christ. And look, I will give them one heart in one way that they may fear me always for their own good and for the good of their children after them. Oh, what a text that is. But let's just go on really quickly. I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from them to do them good. Now, we just read this and, 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 and so many people who are wicked, who are lost, they just go to church on Sunday, they hear this verse, yes, God has made an everlasting covenant with me. He will never turn away from me. Never, never. I'm secure because of God's grace. He's talking about your standard uh, deviation or the, the standard uh, uh, teaching, rather, of once saved, always saved. Yeah. Kind of like what we were taught in school. Once saved, always saved. Yeah. Uh, and, well, Calvinism has evolved past that now. Yeah. You know, Calvinism don't teach once saved, always saved like that anymore. Right. But they fail to read the second part. And look what it says. I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from them to do them good. And I will put the fear of me in their hearts so that they will not turn away from me. Can you guess at all where this is going after that line? Yeah, they don't fall away because God caused it to happen. God gave God them put they, the fear God of put him. Fear in them. Yeah. So, so we're right they, back to being automatons. Yeah, we're back to God did it for you. No will of our own. The reason why they didn't fall away is because they were truly saved. The reason they were truly saved is because God put the fear in them. That's it. The ones who didn't have the fear that didn't obey weren't really there to begin with. It's all on God. Right. And that's how you tell. That's how you have assurance. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you've never fallen away, then you know that you had that fear of God put in your heart. And so this <laughs> is... never this fallen is, away. Yeah, oh I know. My. This is an extra, by the way. So now, not only do you have to have a regenerated heart, God has to regenerate your heart for you. Right. Now he also has to put the fear of him in you. Was that? I'm sure that's in Ezekiel. Did he say yeah, the oh, reference? Oh, no, that's, uh, I think he's reading from Jeremiah there. Okay, okay. Because that's, that's reiterated in the, the, the Hebrew, I will make a new covenant. It'll be an everlasting covenant. Okay. I'll be their God. They'll be my people. I know there's several times in Ezekiel he talks about them uh, getting a new heart. Yeah. And, you know, and talking about Israel. Absolutely. And they say that means, you know. So here's my question. You know, if Ezekiel is speaking to that under the new covenant, all them people on the old covenant, I guess, never got the fear of God put in them. They never, <laughs> they never did get the new heart they needed. So none of them were ever regenerated. Well, there you go. I, I, that's another layer that's just confusing about the whole thing. Yeah. All right. Let's keep going here. The evidence that God's made an everlasting covenant with you, sir, is that He's put the fear of God in you so that you will not turn away from Him. So how do you know? That you have a regenerated heart and that you're under the new covenant and it's an everlasting covenant. If you don't fall away from it. If you never turn your back on it. Yeah. So you, have you struggled? <laughs> have you slipped and tripped? Have you fallen down? Have you ever, have you ever turned your back on Jesus whenever 
whenever it behooved you greatly to right. cleave unto him. It'd be interesting to hear what his definition of, you know, did you ever slip or fall away? Be interesting yeah. to hear. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's awfully, awfully convenient. Yeah. All right. Let's keep going. And if you turn away from him and he does not discipline you and you continue turning away from him, it is evidence that he has not put his fear in you. You have not been regenerated and you have no covenant with God at all. What? No, it is not right with your soul. Listen to what he just said. And you continue to turn away from him. Wait a minute. If you were never there, there's nothing to turn from. Well, Ben Grady has a comment here. A lot of their beliefs are heavily contradictory. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, let's keep going. You are not born again. There is no evidence of spiritual life. Examine yourself. Test yourself if you are in the faith. Make your calling and election sure. Ye must. How can you make your calling and election sure if you're not responsible one iota for it? Right. If it's all on God, if it's all on God, why? Yeah. But I mean that that's the thing. If 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 I if I'm tempted to turn and I and I fall prey to that temptation, well there's no hope for me. I'm not elect. Right. So well, how you could can you turn so how could once, you but if you keep so, turning your your the fear of God is not in you. <laughs> oh my, I'm sorry. Well how many who gets to decide? Yep. Oh my. It's just so I I mean it's stupid. It it is convoluted. Word for this is idiotes. Yeah, hogwash. That's right. And Deborah O'Neill says, "Do they believe you can fall away?" Uh, no, actually, they don't. But <laughs> they're kind of having but, to use accommodative language to explain this. Yeah, but if you fall away, that means you were never there, right? Be born again here in America because of the last several years, several decades of evangelism. The idea of born again is totally lost. It only means that at one time in a crusade, you made a decision and you think you were sincere. Do you see it? He touched on it right there. It means one time you made a decision and you only think you were sincere. Oh, wow. But you were never really born again. I ask the question one more time with as much respect as I can muster for this disrespectful and damnable heresy, yep. how do I ever know? Exactly. Unless I live a life of perfection after I'm in Christ, yep. how will I ever know? How will I ever know? Wow. So in his very explanation of how you will know, he shines more, or he casts more doubt upon your ability to do so. I'm sure you see Barry's comment. All of their contradictions are explained away by the sovereignty of God. But if it is truly sovereign, how can the saved really know they're saved? That, that I, will, I will never, ever, ever again, ever debate, whether on the, on the formal polemic platform or in a Facebook group, a Calvinist, Without having them answer that question. Yeah. 
how can I know that I'm of the elect? Yep. It, and Barry's comment makes me think of this. It's very simple. If all things happen by God's sovereign decree, then it's up to God to bring me to the position that deterministic Calvinism is true. It's taught in the Bible. Yes. So, so I can just refuse and reject the teachings of Reformed theology as long as I can until God determines me to accept it. That's it. I'm waiting, Lord. That's it. I, they, again, though, just like he said, they would punt to sovereignty. They would just say, well, if you're rejecting, then that just means you never were, were, you never were predetermined by God to be saved in the first place. I know. And then again, I, I mean, if, if, if I, as a person who is not elect, if I, as a person who do, does not have a regenerated heart, can go to the Bible and I can read the teachings of Jesus and the teachings of the apostles and the inspired writers and pattern my life after that and orient myself towards that good and live towards that. I really haven't been born again. But yet the person who is born again, who is sincere, his life externally is going to look exactly like mine. Yeah. So how do we know? How, how do you know which is which? Exactly. You don't. You That's don't. the thing. No. So there's absolutely no assurance in that doctrine, which totally tears the entire thing apart. Well, at least in my mind, it one does. of my one of my For favorite one of my favorite passages of scripture is First John chapter five, verse thirteen. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Yep. Evidently, I can know. So if, yep. you, if, I, if I recognize a doctrine, a theological paradigm, where... I or in in which I am offered no assurance and I cannot know. Then we just going to throw that out the window. Yep. Because I might be I might be so inexperienced with Bible interpretation that I don't know how I can know, but I know that I can know. Yep. And Reformed theology says. Well, it doesn't say explicitly, but the conclusion of Reformed theology and Calvinism is you can't know. Right. This is so very simple to me, Aaron. Yes, it is. Yeah, but what have you encountered most of the time with these folks? You're mean or you, you don't understand what I'm their doctrine. That's their two but, main arguments. Both. Yeah. You're mean and or you don't understand the doctrine. Yeah. And that's what they punt to. Not only do they punt to sovereignty all the time, like Barry said, but their constant thing. It's, it's almost like, and I don't mean to open up a can. I'm going to open it for half a second, and we'll just close it real quick. All right. But it's kind of like with the whole global warming stuff. Yeah. No matter if it's cold or hot or warm <laughs> or mid, it, no matter what it is, their theory is always right. It don't yes. matter if it's freezing or if it's hot or if it's warm or it's lukewarm. They have an explanation yeah. that's perfect and is totally indestructible and is totally uh you know, there's no way it can be uh, defeated. They're, they're have, they have the infallible arguments, even though on the face and their words, they're, they're, they're false and they're contradictory. Same way with the whole Reformed Calvinist stuff. They, right. they 
their 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 trump card answer is always, well, God's sovereignty, and you don't understand what I'm saying, you and you can't you question know, this. You can't question it. It's it's like Gnosticism in a way. Yeah, it's, the the know is the special knowledge, the knowing yep, ones. Yep. And For, I think of Isaiah <laughs> chapter one verse eighteen. Come therefore, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be made white as snow. Though though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. I want to reason together with God. I I, I think God wants us to question Him. God wants us to scrutinize. Yeah. <laughs> Pardon me. Yep. Look at First yep. John chapter one. Uh, we're witnesses, and our eyes have seen, our hands have handled. Yep. You can scrutinize this. We, we've scrutinized it, and we're going to give our testimony. And, and you know, anytime context always is most important. You and I, we, people that know us know we constantly are talking about context. That that's the critical hermeneutic in, 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 in understanding any verse. That's, I mean, yeah. we're... I think sometimes the 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 Calvinists would say, "Well, you know, come let us reason together." That was speaking to people that were already regenerated. Okay, well, on Mars Hill, Paul preached to people that were not in a covenant relationship with God mm. to repent. How could they if they could? Why did he tell them to do something that they couldn't do? Absolutely. You know, and that's just and that's just one example. You know, that it just Aaron, I need your help. Yeah, what is it? I'm I'm drawing a blank. What chapter in Acts is the Noble Bereans? Is it fifth? It's not fifteen, is it? It's uh, seventeen. Seventeen. Seventeen sure? eleven, I think. Yeah. Oh come on! Just, I, I just before he gets to Athens. Yeah, I would have bet you a dollar that it was not it, that the only chapter it wasn't in was seventeen. <laughs> seventeen. Like, no, yeah. 17, I know. Anyway, it, it happens like that sometimes. Ain't that the, the truth? All right. Check this. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Now, let, let's, think, let's just talk about what's going on there. These people who were not saved yet, they had not been regenerated, they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures to find out whether these things were so. I'm not trying to trick you at all, Aaron. I'm just I'm doing this audibly as an exercise for our audience members to to see. What were these things? These things were the things that they were being taught by Paul and Silas. Um, yes. And, yeah. Yeah. And and they were preaching to people that were in the synagogue. They were Jews, like you said. So, they weren't regenerated yet. They were so not what, Christians yet. Let's focus on Paul, the the main dude here. Mm -hmm. What was Paul that made him different, special than all the other people associated in this context here? An apostle. He had a direct pipeline to God. Yep. Absolutely. And people who were not even given a regenerated heart yet was able to compare what he was saying to make sure it was true. With yep. what did they compare it? The scriptures. How could they compare it to the scriptures if they did not understand it? Right. Or if they didn't even have the desire to do it. That's right. Both are very problematic. That's right. And I, and I would go, you know, look at Acts chapter 13 with the proconsul, uh, Sergius mm -hmm. Paulus. He, mm -hmm. When he saw the, when he saw Elymas cast blind, 
uh, he believed and he marveled at the word, at the teaching. Yep. It wasn't the miracle. Right. I think we misunderestimate. What in the world is that word? Misunderestimate. <laughs> that was a good one. I like we, that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to use it. We misunderestimate. Estimate. <laughs> that means you we, misunderstand it and underestimate it at we, the same we do. time. We, we do misunderstand it and we underestimate it. That's why we're underestimating it. That's we why we misunderestimate it. so much. <laughs> well, I need That's to write good. that word down and just parse yeah, it know. out. Yeah, I like and that. See if it actually makes sense. That's good. We we underestimate and we misunderstand the power of God's word and the absolute needfulness of that tool that medium through which God works on the hearts and minds of men. Tony, if I may, for just a second. You may. Ezekiel, three times, it mentions a new spirit. Now, I don't want to get into trying to exegete every single one in deep detail, but I just wanted to mention this. This is, I, I noticed like in the past, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the main leaders of modern reformed mind is John MacArthur. I've read his writings on these passages extensively, and and I've heard others, and I've encountered people here in my local ministry in our area, you know, these Reformed people, and these Ezekiel passages, like, and there's three times, Ezekiel 11, 19, Ezekiel 18, 31, Ezekiel 36, 26. Yeah. Um, and, and the first, I want to read all three of them very quickly and mention, make a note or two. The first one in chapter 11, he says, Then I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within them and take the stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, Ezekiel 36, I'm going to come to the second one last. The last one is, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. The one in the middle, as far as like order of the book, it's interesting in chapter 18 and both of those passages, you know, it emphasizes God giving Israel a new heart. Right. And in chapter 18, it's interesting. I'm going to read a few verses here, 30 and 31. Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, says the Lord God, repent and turn from all your transgressions. So were they regenerate or not? Because the same passage, they're telling people that this proves you got to have a new heart from God so you can repent. He told them to repent before he supposedly gave them the new heart. Repent and turn from all your transgressions so that iniquity will not be your ruin. Now listen to this verse. Cast away from you all the transgressions which you have committed and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die, O house of Israel? They're silent as the stars on that verse. And it says, uh, yeah. get yourselves. Oh, I saw, thought it was something you can't do. You can't do that. God alone. Well, their, their favorite word is monergism. It's all God. God does everything. So I guess that means like God reads the Bible for you. God makes you go to church services. God makes you encounter the supposed evangelist that supposedly is teaching the truth so you can learn whether or not you're already predetermined or not. You know, it's just, it's a mess. It is a mess, a convoluted mess. So it's, it's stupid. It really is. The, uh, the New King James in Acts chapter 2, verse 40, and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. The uh, subject, like the, the, the that, that's a, that is a, um, oh, come on, Tony. Well, it's when the subject is an understood you. What kind of sentence is that, Aaron? 
it's a declarative sentence. Maybe. Anyway, it's like clean yeah, your no, room. No. Yeah. Well, the, the, the subject is the understood you. Like, arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. If you're going to diagram Acts chapter 22, 16, the, the subject of that is, an, is the understood you. Yeah. Well, Peter says, be saved. The, you be saved from this perverse generation. The, the subject there is an understood you. Yeah. I rather like the way the King James translates it. I think the King James does a little bit better job here. Save yourselves is the idea. Yeah. And I've explained this before. Well, you can't save yourself. Well, you can, you can actually, because I can use that language. And all if you save yourself, it's still something that happens passively to you. Yeah. I use this illustration. I was little, little bitty, like five or six years old. And me and my cousin went outside, and we got in the mud. We we had long, uh, cotton top, uh, blonde hair, and it was we were we were just caked in mud from head to toe. Our little old, our little old head of hair was just caked in mud, and we didn't think anything of it. We just come right on in the house, and my my mama so hollered at us, "You better get back out there, and you better clean yourself up before you come back in this house." Well. I couldn't clean myself up because I couldn't get to everywhere I needed to spray with the water hose. My cousin couldn't clean himself up because he couldn't get to everywhere he needed to spray with the water hose. So what did we do? I took the water hose and I sprayed him. He took the water hose and he sprayed me. It, it, in other words, I was responsible for my cleansing, but I couldn't do it on my own. I'm responsible for my salvation, but I can't do it on my own. Right. I'm covered in sin, and I can't come into the house of God covered in sin. The commandment is you have to purify yourself. Yeah. I can't do anything to purify myself, so what do I have to do? I have to allow Jesus to do it. And Jesus said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. That's how you save yourself. Yeah, that, but yeah the, that's the, the language of Acts 22, 16. Yeah, yeah and, and that, well, that, that's the issue. Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins. Paul couldn't wash away his sin, but he had to take, he had to take advantage of, of that which was provided in order for him to do it. Well, the, the Calvinists totally deny every bit of that. Yep. They say there is nothing you can do. You cannot contribute one iota to your salvation, to your spiritual life, any more than a dead man in a coffin can contribute to his resurrection. I'm like, well, what do you do with that? There, there's, I'm looking at Barry O'Dell's comment. From the non-elect perspective, there is absolutely no purpose in living the Christian life. The saved is saved, period. The lost are lost, period. Nothing can be done about either group. There is no point. And I will always go back to assurance. You can't tell which group you're in. Yeah. You'll never be able to know it. Why? Because of stuff like what Paul Washer is saying here. Because of stuff that we've talked about today. <laughs> Barry, while they say there's nothing you can do, they still invite you to church. They sure do. And they still try to have a Bible study with you. And they still try to debate people. They did that Jonesboro to us. They still try to do all that. But God's already determined it don't matter. It don't, you, don't, you can't know. You know. Yep. Why would you go out and spread the gospel? 
It's a good question. Why? Does God, if God doesn't need the individual participating in his own redemption, then God surely doesn't need you participating in the redemption of an individual in the world. They say, though, but God's chose that. He's chose that for other people's salvation. That you I know, because he's sovereign. Now. Yeah, yeah. Well, because the gospel, <laughs> that's the purpose of the gospel, they say, is to differentiate between the people that are already saved and the people that are not already saved, and that kind of garbage. Yeah, yeah. well, it's just more talking in circles. Let, let's let's, let's just finish this out. I don't think it's much left of it. Remember, the last thing he said was, if you if you continue a life of carnality, you were never born again. You made a decision during some kind of crusade or tent meeting, but you were insincere. So you're trying your best to live like Jesus said to live, and you're doing a pretty good job for the most part. But you're not. You you you, you never have been saved. You, Why? Because you, you fell away. Because you sinned. Because you. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, no. Because the because the fear of the Lord was never put into your heart. Oh, okay. Okay. You never received a regenerated heart. The thing is, their double speak makes sense to them, and that's scary, 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 Deborah. Yeah, that's that's what it is. It, their whole thing is a bunch of double talk. Is what yep. it is. All right. Let's go. But there's no evidence of a supernatural recreating work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Okay, I want to stop right there. I know we didn't get very far. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When you're baptized into Christ and you're delivered out of the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son, Aaron. Colossians 1.13. Nobody can see that. There's no, there's no manifestation in this realm of existence of that phenomenon yeah. with one exception. What would that exception be, Aaron? Are you coming out of the water and you change, your life has changed, I your guess. Your life has changed. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You, you live it, you, you're, you're, you're living differently. Yeah. Remember in the book of James, chapter 2, James said some of you folks are going to say, hey, you, 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 you work. I, I've got faith. I don't have to work. Well, I'll show you my faith by my works. You will never, ever, ever have to ask whether or not I'm faithful because I will be showing you my faithfulness by my works. Mm-hmm. The evidence of things unseen, the unseen thing is the change in the inward man. The evidence of that is the actions taken and performed in this world by the outward man. That's faith. Very simply put, faith is action you take based on what you believe. Yep. That's got to count for something. This man is saying it does not. Yeah. He's saying you he just have... Said, he just said that Holy Spirit, you got to have that change, yep. manifestation of that. Yep. And, and if you fall away, if you go back into a life of carnality after trying to live a life of spirituality, that is evidence that you were never born again. How come Paul didn't say that to the church at Corinth who were going Such back into carnality? Yeah. yeah why, or why didn't he say, now some of you think you're saved, but you're not. You're, you think you were regenerated, but you truly weren't. How come you never see that language in any of the letters? 
I I, I don't know. <laughs> it's not there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a mess. All right, let's keep going. <laughs> not even life. Not even, Paul Washer's done it a hundred times in his ministry. I know. But Paul ain't wrote one time in his letter to the end of the congregation saying, now some of you think you're truly saved, but you're not truly saved. You don't have the fear of God in you. I know. If any man, not if some men, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The scripture does not say that Jesus Christ came to the nation of Israel and said that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, who would like to ask me into their heart? I see that hand. It's not what it says. He said, repent and believe the gospel. Now, men today are trusting in the fact that at least one time in their life, they prayed a prayer and someone told them they were saved because they were sincere enough. And so in their salvation, if you ask them, are you saved? They do not say, yes, I am, because I'm looking unto Jesus and there is mighty evidence giving me assurance of being born again. No, they say, one time in my life, I prayed a prayer and they live like devils. All right, so I, I just I want to I want to focus on the positive here. In this, I believe him greatly. You need to be assured of your salvation, and 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 what he doesn't realize is he is saying, well, he what he's affirming by what he's saying is, in order to in 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 order to have assurance, you have to live a life commensurate with the rules and regulations found in the New Testament. That's your assurance, which is First John chapter 2. Hereby do we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. If you're living a life in Christ, or if, you're, if you think you're living a life in Christ, but you're not keeping his commandments, you're just pointing back to the time in which you were baptized. Or, God forbid, if I, I said the sinner's prayer when I was 12 years old, I'm saved. Well, wh- 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 where you been since? Now, look, people don't get saved by the sinner's prayer. Right, let me make that clear. So he, he's hitting all around sound doctrine here. And, and, and the irony is what he is saying right here totally debunks all of the other doctrine that he said. First John 2, 3, but now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. They would just say, well, that's written to somebody that's regenerated. That's what they, that's, that would be their cop out. And, and, that, and I would be like, yes, you know, you're right. So if yeah. I'm regenerated, how do I know I'm regenerated if I keep his commandments? Exactly. So it goes back to there's a person that's not regenerated and a person who is. Both of those people keep the commandments. How do you know which one is regenerated? I put forth to you exactly. that, the, that the only logical answer is both of them, by the evidence, are regenerated. That's your assurance. Yeah. That must oh, yeah. mean I have some kind of responsibility in what's going on. Absolutely. I agree 100%. The problem's still there. I was just kind of getting it from, I another, I was getting it from another angle that yeah. they would say that 1 John 2, 3 is not about becoming a Christian or getting saved or you know being yes. declared right, that, which we understand in the context. It's not. It's not about somebody. It's written to show Christians that they are they can have right. assurance in their salvation. We, we, we get that. You know, there's, yeah. there's no slip there or nothing. I just, that's their whole bit that, you know, to come to God, you don't have the ability, you don't desire it. God has to do it to you and for you. That's and, it. 
just a bunch of fallacy. You know, Barry mentioned earlier John six. That's their favorite verse. John six forty four. You can't they, come to me unless the yeah. Father draws you. Exactly. And well, that, how that, does He draw you? They're all yeah. going to be taught. Yeah. Exactly. But you can't come unless you're taught. They would say. That's it. Right. Which is true, but that doesn't mean you can't desire. You, you you can't want to be right with God. Yeah, you know that's just that's more than what the passage says. Absolutely, uh, John John five has really stuck out to me recently. Uh, Thirty, I've read uh, John five in topical hearing. Topical preaching does this to us. By the way, yeah. this, that's that's a jab at topical preaching, but uh, a good jab. You search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify me. I've heard that verse quoted, I don't know, probably feels like a thousand times, but we forget the next passage. But you were not willing to come to me. See, Jesus didn't say you weren't able. He said you weren't willing. willing. Now, so were the people that he spoke to there, were they regenerated or not? They would have to say they were not. Right. Because they, they possessed the scriptures, and because they poured over the scriptures, they thought they had eternal life. He's like, well, pay attention to what the scriptures are saying. They're speaking yeah. to me. The problem is you're not willing to come to me that you may have life. Verse 40. I think that verse is conveniently left out. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. 540. I, I think this is like two more seconds left. Yeah, go ahead. But they prayed a prayer. That's it. All right. We don't need any more of that, Aaron. Yeah, he's on to something there with just this, you know, ridiculousness of the sinner's prayer and um, repentance. I don't know sure how he would define that, but Jesus most certainly taught repentance. Well, he he's not uh, for all. Boy, my brain just buffered. Hold on, all of for for all of this double speak and all of this contradictory theology. He's not a dumb man. No, he he knows what repentance is. He knows repentance is. Not simply a, a a a mental ascent that you've done wrong. It's actually a change of mind, and then biblical repentance, uh, the change of mind in order to be worth anything to your soul, has to lead to a change of action. You know, it's fruit meat for repentance. I think that's Acts twenty six twenty is the way I would. That's right. Is, is that the one? Uh, it is. I just looked at yeah, it's yeah. Acts twenty six twenty. Yep. Repent, turn to God, and do works befitting repentance. Yeah, befitting, or King James says meat. And when you think mm-hmm. of meat, think about how puzzle pieces fit together. Mm-hmm. So he would under he he understands that. Yeah, and that, yep. that's my my whole point with everything he said. I still want to know where's the assurance because if I if I read the Bible and I try to do what the Bible says and I make a decision to follow Jesus. How do I know that I'm in the realm of the elect? Did I just make a decision at a at a gospel meeting or a ten event or a crusade? And was I sincere? Did the did the, did the devil working in the world just not ever test my false faith to the point where it broke? Right. He says as if you don't it it's you, you're truly saved and regenerated if you don't fall away. Right. I'd like, like I said, I'd like to hear more of them on that. What does that mean? What does it mean that you didn't fall away? You never sinned again, or you never, you never. <laughs> what? What? How would he like? Well, I just, in, in the in the video clip, he talks about if you if you live a life of carnality, if you yeah. 
yeah. turn away and, and don't keep bear turning fruit. away. Yeah. Well, my my question: How many times? Yeah. I mean, because I've I've fallen away several times since I was baptized into Christ. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. And I've come back. Does that yeah. mean that I'm not part of the elect? Well, I mean, according to him, it may. <laughs> yeah. But it gets back to assurance. How do you know? Yeah. I keep coming back. So does that mean that I'm just a glutton for punishment and <laughs> Yeah. You know, you don't I, really don't you don't really want God's forgiveness. <clears throat> You're just a glutton for punishment. And yeah. You just love misery because you know you can't be saved to begin with. God didn't draw you through some something in tandem with the word. Now my <laughs> oh, wow. my concern is as long as these seminaries keep focusing on these scholarly pursuits and extolling the virtues of scholarliness by the world standards, yep. uh, this, this mess is going to keep creeping into the Lord's church. Oh, yeah. This mess is going to keep creeping into the Lord's church. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I don't know what the solution is, to quote oh, me quite frank. It's... In my opinion, it seems like I guess it's just maybe my experience, but it seems like this reform Calvinism is one of the strongest errors because it's it's so pervasive in so many different sects and so many different groups. Yeah. You can find bits and pieces of all that so called tulip stuff everywhere, you know. Oh yeah. But again, I think about reformed, the idea that they've had to fix it up. You know, <laughs> reform it. Reform it's it. Formed they, again. Yeah, they had to form it again. Why? Because it wasn't truth to begin with. That's why. Yeah. You know, but if you'll notice the teaching of these people online and if you have them in your community, what they do is they, they, they constantly go back to the writings and the teachings of the reformed people, the Reformation. You know, they to understand faith only, you have to understand Matthew, I mean, excuse me, uh, Luther. You have to understand. Zwingli, you have to understand Calvin. You have to that's that's constantly, you know, if again claiming like this Gnostic idea that they're up there like chirping over and over, faith only. You don't have to do anything. All you have to do is believe. Well, which is it? You, I know. Have, you know, which is it? And but again, the strictest of them, I think they would say, you don't even have to believe. You don't even believe to be saved. God gives you faith. You know, that's that's what they would say. And that's the ones that I've encountered here in, in our area. That's what they God grants you belief and repentance. Yeah. You know, and and that shows that you're you've been you've been declared right by God. That's it. God. Grants and then, of course, how you. do you tell the but, difference between somebody who's actually been declared right by God and yep. somebody who's just trying to do the best they can and live according to the commandments, precepts and divine examples? found in the new testament you can't there's nothing yep therefore there is no assurance for the individual i will always always yeah always yeah. go back to that yep yep sproul macarthur etc repeatedly acknowledged that this system of belief originated with augustine yep. in the fourth century yes that, that's yeah, they, yeah they we do. learned that in school studying church history and uh, yeah, I'm glad they I'm glad they acknowledge it. At least they, you know, at least they got that part right. Yep. Anyway, I don't want to leave on such a bad down note. Um, so we got some cool things coming up. I was supposed to get on the ball and do that this week. 
I was supposed to have the Facebook page ready and the YouTube channel ready. Um, we are we are kind of going out on our own with Christianity now. Um, I am looking to get a logo designed. Uh, this this logo that we have. Let me let me pull this up. This this logo that we have was never supposed to be a permanent thing. Yeah. Uh, this was just a placeholder for a couple of weeks until somebody got with the designer to do the logo and the person that was supposed to do that never did do it. And then incidentally, that's uh, so we're just going to deal with it. But here, here, notice this, uh, this logo here is a triangle on a circle and that represents a point in time. And I'm thinking the way I want to do this is I want to, uh, I want to have a logo with Christianity and the T being a cross and the N-O-W underneath it and everything centered. So it's, you know, it's wide and then goes down to a point and the, and the O and the now be a little bit oversized and it's stylized as a clock and the T from the Christianity is stabbed into the a point in time in the O on the now to to kind of get that that iconography of now. There, this now is the time for the cross. Now is the time for Christianity. Yeah. Christianity and at the this cross, point yeah. in time, yeah. And, and it just uh, makes me think of how the cross is relevant now too. Yes, you know, that all that in one. I like yes. That. And uh, so yeah, I'm I've got to I've got to get on the ball there. Would that be the uh, first T, I guess? C-H-R-I-S-T, the first T. Yeah. 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 There's a T at the end also. So. Well, the, 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 the T in christ Eanity. Yeah. So the, it's in the center, you know? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me. It's in the center, so we're well, going to... Well, you haven't been do. on the ball because the ball's been on you. Well, ain't you that know? the truth? You've been sick. Yeah. You hadn't been able to do much, so yeah. But I'm getting better. I sent you like 50 texts. I was wondering why you hadn't responded. Ha ha. Yeah. Kidding. No, you didn't send me 50. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm I'm trying to think. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, I didn't send any. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but so that's yeah. That we're going to be doing some YouTube stuff. We're going to be doing Facebook, and uh, we'll we'll see where we go from there. I would like to. Uh, Honestly, I'd like to create a revenue stream associated with Christianity Now. I don't know what the best way to do that is. Um, we'll we'll see. We'll see what the future holds. Yeah, cross the bridge when we get there. Yeah, maybe maybe we need to just build our audience and stuff like that. And once our audience gets so big, maybe then we start talking about a revenue stream. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, Aaron, you got anything before we close? I, going back to what you said. That I think that the point we have made that you have made that just that there's no assurance in that system is plenty sufficient reason for someone who is who who is maybe believed that system all their lives that that's the gospel to seriously question what they you know what they believe and what they've been taught and then also through study they can they can know to get out of that you know there's yeah. no there's no assurance in that. Yet it's all predicated upon that, you know. So 
that's I mean, that's to me, I'm with you. That's to me, that's like the one and done argument for the whole system. There's other flaws and other parts of it that can be talked about, but yeah, you know, that's because it 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 for them, for the reformed Calvinists, the whole thing hinges upon whether or not someone's regenerated. And, and the and the way they define that, but but yeah. yet there's no assurance of that. There's no way to know that. Absolutely, so, that's good. I mean, that's it's the system's not good, but it's good good argumentation and uh, shows the fallacy of it. It's sad. It's but a lot of people are being affected by it. They surely are, and maybe we could talk about that another time. Why are so many people buying into this? That's something I'd like to. Yeah, you know, I don't know if we necessarily do a whole episode or not, but I just that's something to talk about. Just why well, are so I mean, many that- people? what is the deal? Why are so many people just flocking to this? I just don't, I don't know. It's there's, there are things about it. There are gimmicks about it. I think there are false assurances about it that people are, they're given to it. I think it's great. As Ben says, it's a very dark belief system. It ultimately, ultimately blames everything on God. Yeah. Kind of like Adam in the long ago. It's this woman you gave me. Yep. Ben says, I just hope they can be reached with the truth and pull all those weeds. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I think it's time to go, Aaron. Yeah, Yeah, that's about it. That's all I got for now. (laughs) I'm going to give out on you. Yeah, I can be quiet on that one. We can go on and on, but we need to stop. Yeah, dude, we could be be here for hours. Well, listen, this is, uh, hopefully we said something to kind of spark your interest. If you believe this... Excuse me, if you believe this doctrine or this theology, then uh, talk to us. Um, you know, don't, don't, take, don't think these challenges are a little thing. You know, the, the, horns, on, on this, uh, the, the horns of this dilemma upon which you've been hanged, mm-hmm. it's a serious thing. Absolutely. So uh, we're here. You can, you can message us. Follow the Cogitations Facebook page. Follow the 2 by 2 Podcast Facebook page. And subscribe to the podcast. Aaron, anything? No, that's it. Thanks, everybody, for the comments. A lot of interaction today. We sure do appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, guys, it's been Tony Brewer and Aaron Dodson with Christianity Now, and we'll catch y'all on the flip side.